Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Rich Velotis. I'm the lead pastor at New Life Fellowship Church here in Queens, New York City. And I'm here with Pete Scazzaro. Pete is the founder of New Life, as well as the president of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Now, I'm very excited about today's podcast. In my hand, I have a ticking time bomb, which is uh, some of the manuscript outline of Pete's forthcoming book, The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. We're not going to get into all the details of it, but there's some specific things that are uh, in the book that I think are really important for us to cover in the next 15 minutes. And so, Pete, uh, you've thought about it. You've written about the emotionally healthy leader. You've talked about emotionally healthy spirituality, emotionally healthy church. Now we're zeroing in on the leader. And uh, we've had definitions about what emotionally healthy spirituality is, or the premise is it's impossible, to, it's impossible yeah. to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. You've landed on something here, though, about emotionally unhealthy leaders. And I, I want to read your definition here. And I just want you to unpack it for us, yeah. because it's quite a definition. It's, 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 it's succinct, it's tight, it's, it's powerful. And so your definition is emotionally unhealthy leaders operate in perpetual emotional and spiritual deficit, their being with God insufficient to sustain their doing for God. So why don't you, um, that's, a, that's a loaded that is. <laughs> sentence. Uh, <laughs> unpack that sentence for us. Well, again, I think emotional unhealthy leader within a Christian context is very important. You could read books on emotional intelligence and they've got their definitions for the marketplace and the corporations which can be very different. I mean, there's some overlap, but really it's quite different than for us mm -hmm. who are followers of Christ or leading in the name of Jesus. So I think a key word here is you've got a deficit emotionally and spiritually that, that's perpetual. It's just, there's always a sense where I'm, I'm running to catch up, I'm overextended, I'm busy, I've got too much to do in too little time. It's one of the qualities. And so emotionally, I'm a bit ragged. Mm -hmm. And spiritually, I mean, I'm doing it, but I'm like, I'm barely getting my cup full before I give out the next uh, next word. And then there's this, there's this, there's this quality or tendency where I'm, I'm, my being with God, mm -hmm. my life with God is not sufficient. Doesn't, there's not enough time to nurture that, to sustain what I'm doing for God. And so it happens we end up preaching and teaching of things that we don't have time to really absorb. Mm. Uh, we're trying to take people where places we have not gone. We're telling them about places, but, but we're not able to bring them to transformation because we've not experienced it ourselves. Because mm. again, we're just, we have too much going on. And I, I think that's probably one of the core qualities is we're just, we have too much happening and there isn't the time with God or ourselves to not be in deficit. And so it's insufficient to sustain it us. Yes. So you, you note here four characteristics of emotionally unhealthy leaders. I just want to go through these four yeah. here. You say, first of all, that they have low self-awareness. Just yeah. talk about that. Emotionally unhealthy leaders have low self-awareness. So it was interesting. I, you know, I was trying to land on, I've been thinking about this book since 2007, taking notes, journaling, uh, since the Emotionally Spirituality book was actually released and had my own conversion of leadership in this whole material. And so I could have chosen a ton of issues about what's emotionally unhealthy leader look like. And I really landed on, on these four. And as uh, these four are the, this is like the pilings of a skyscraper foundation. This is like, this is the core without which there is no ability to build an organization, church, mm. ministry that's gonna live powerfully out of health. So the first one, uh, I actually call it face or shadow. Uh, 
or here it's low self-awareness. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, a, a, a person, walk, a pastor walks into a meeting and he's anxious and frustrated because the church has plateaued and he's got four or five staff in the room. Uh, yesterday he got an email from a friend with a link to a church that moved into the city where he's pastoring that's grown double past his size in the last six months, caused a bit of anxiety. But he's even unaware of that. He kind of comes in and he starts basically, you know, creating tension in the room, saying, we've got to get things moving here. We're plateaued. You know, our money's flat. We want to buy a new building. We want to expand the ministry. People are feeling it in the room. He's thinking to himself, you know what? I'm just trying to be a good steward of the church's resources, mm -hmm. ties and offerings of our people. But, uh, you know, he convinces himself this is all about the glory of God and the kingdom and him being a good leader of stewardship of mm -hmm. God's resources. But he's unaware of where his stuff is now clouding that and impacting yeah. it. Although the folks in the room can feel it, no one's saying anything. Mm. Uh, that would be an example of low self-awareness. There's a lot of that, and I think that, that's probably your, your first, that's the first probably quality. Um, there's not a reflection of what's happening inside yeah. of me. Yeah. What am I feeling? What's going on? What's triggering me? And I'm just going, I'm just, and I'm, and I'm impacting with my power everybody around me. Yeah. Henry Nowen says that 50% of our lives should be lived reflecting on the other 50% that's lived. And so we're talking about um, a greater sense of awareness, which the book uh, goes into. Second, you say that uh, a characteristic of an emotionally unhealthy leader is they prioritize ministry over marriage and singleness. Now, that's a big one uh, in our culture, evangelical culture, a charismatic Pentecostal culture. Um, go into that a little bit about prioritizing ministry over marriage or their own singleness. Yes. So I, I, I was very careful in the book, and it was very important to recognize that half the leaders in the church are single. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we were, I was taught, and most folks were taught, that you know, the ministry is first, and I want to have a stable marriage or a stable single life so I can build the ministry and build the kingdom of God. Um, that is a quality of an emotionally unhealthy leader because biblically, are, we lead out of our vocation, whether it be single or married, out of, out of a, uh, that our, our marriages and our, and our singleness, or our singleness, is meant to be of such a, a sign and wonder before God, such a, uh, such a model that people look at the way we're, we're living out our vocation as single or married in such a way saying, now that's the gospel. Mm. And that, so that priority informs the way we do ministry. The problem is that at most churches, it's not the case at all. I mean our own self-care as a single person or relationships is, is, a, is a back burner issue mm -hmm. and our marriages is back burner. And so again, we're running on deficits in that area. Yeah. So yes, that's a, that's a big quality. And you go into that there. You, third, you say they do more activity for God than their relationship with God can sustain. Yeah, which we just touched on. I think that, that's, a, that's a really big. We get way too much going on in our lives and that there's not the kind of time to really nurture life with Jesus. And really, very practically, you say here as well, fourthly, is that they lack a work Sabbath rhythm. Now, yesterday, uh, somewhere on, on Facebook or Twitter, I said that we need more than just an annual vacation. What we need is a weekly Sabbath, mm -hmm. really, for to sustain our souls yeah. here. But for why is it a lack of a work Sabbath rhythm so emotionally unhealthy for leaders? Well, very simply, first of all, theologically and biblically, God created us for a rhythm of work and rest, of work and Sabbath. And 
what it means to be made in God's image is to have a rhythm of work and, and Sabbath. And so uh, the fact that folks who are spiritually or emotionally unhealthy do not get the fact that you have limits, that you're human, that God is God, you're made in his image, that it's violent to work uh, 80 hour weeks to cross over and violate Sabbath, uh, that we end up living like we're slaves. Mm -hmm. And as has been said, that free people get to rest, mm -hmm. not slaves. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very core issue for an emotionally leader is to have some kind of rhythm because, again, we then create a whole culture without rhythm. Mm. And so how are we going to slow anybody else down if we ourselves are not, in a sense, cooperating with God and the rhythms that mm. he's, he's mm. got for us? And so when, they, when the church sees a leader, they should be seeing someone with rhythm. They should a prophetic sign to rest in our driven, overactive culture here. Now, for the rest of our time, uh, as I'm looking at your outline here, um, so much, I said it's a ticking time on at the beginning because when this thing goes off, it's, this is, it's going to really um, strike a nerve in our culture, in our churches, in our leaders. But you, there's a section here where you say there's four destructive commandments of contemporary church culture, four destructive commandments. And so I, I want to uh, spend the rest of our time looking sure. at these here. And uh, the first one is that what you do matters more than who you are. What you do matters more than who you are. So just go into the destructive yeah. components of all that there. Again, I, 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 in some ways, the fact that we've got so much emotional unhealth in our leadership, it's not our fault. It's not your fault. And that it's the, it's the, it's the family, it's, it's the evangelical, charismatic culture of Protestantism that goes back hundreds of years that if you're a leader you just you drank this in it's just it's just mm -hmm. it's like coming out of our family of origin it's just, it's just it's the environment we're swimming in this ocean so it's very important to articulate what is it that's in our bones we say you know Jesus may be in your heart but grandpa's in your bone this stuff is in our bones and because if we can identify it then we can begin to eradicate it and say this is not belonging to mm -hmm. the new family of Jesus so the first one uh, which is what you do matters more than who you are. Yeah, what you do. I mean, it, 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 the whole we define maturity by our doing and our fruit, our production, and who we are. In, in some ways, we hope we're growing and being kind and fruit of the spirit people, but really, it's what you do is way more important. Mm. And uh, we're not going to hire you if you don't produce. And, and so there's such an emphasis on that that life, again, with myself, with God, with others, love, brokenness, approachability, these things just get, kind of get lost. Yeah. Uh, we've yeah. got doing machines. I like what Jerry says to me. He shows serving does not equal loving. Mm. You know, we've been talking about that, that it's a very, you can be serving like crazy and not be loving or growing. You can be serving and not even be a Christian, actually. Mm. Yeah. But that's the big thrust. Yeah. So that's one. And these commands, whether they are expli explicitly said or uh, implicitly stated, um, these are commands. So second is, you say, don't question superficial spirituality. What do you mean by that? Um, in other words, we, as long as we're growing, things are moving along, we don't ask a lot of hard questions. Mm -hmm. So, uh, oh, you got another speeding ticket. Oh, okay. You know, like we don't say, well, what's going on inside of you? Mm -hmm. Or, or, or you're, you know, you're crying in... in, in uh, you know, in a meeting, but we don't want to ask the difficult questions of, are you late for the meeting again? Um, 
but to go down the road, we'd rather avoid the pain. Mm. And so we just kind of accept a superficial spirituality as long as a person is producing, keeping the thing going. I used to say, if they're adding people, it's good. It's good. I got money coming <laughs> in. I got new workers coming in. And I'm like, don't mess things up. Mm. And, and so in some ways, there's almost this commandment of, of like, again, growth mm. will keep us from Ask from going after what's going on beneath the surface of our superficiality. So in some way, growth can be a bad thing if it's not handled or people are not ready for that growth there. you say that? Absolutely. I mean, I'd say growth. And for some people, a growing ministry is the worst thing that ever could happen to you because you don't have the life for it. Mm. And so eventually the cracks are going to come. And it cannot bear long-term fruit unless the roots are there. And so it all comes out. I mean, I've been around long enough to know. It comes out. It may not come out for one, three, five years, but it will always, the word is, always eventually <laughs> reveal itself. Third is, and these are, as I'm looking at these, these are nuances of, of, of these commandments here. It's not, third, it's not, it's not success unless it's bigger and better. It's not success unless it's bigger and better. Do we believe that? Do you think evangelicalism <laughs> believes that evangelical right, culture? Heavy, isn't it? Because that's right. I mean, that is success, isn't it? That's the definition of success. But what's interesting is you can produce a crowd and you could be failing. You could have, you can make a church happen and do some things, you get a thousand people in a room pretty quickly. It doesn't mean you're successful. It may mean actually that you have failed because you've manipulated events and people and discarded the fact that there are seasons in God. Mm. God God's... God functions more by nature than manufacturing. Mm. We're not CEOs. We're mm. not a corporation. We're, we're, we're followers of the living God. Mm. And Say that again. I think that's a, that's a great <laughs> lie. God functions more by nature than by manufacturing. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not in business. I mean, we're, we're a body of Christ, and, and there are seasons mm. in God. I mean, Jesus kept using these images of agriculture, you know, and not just because he was in an agricultural society, but... You think of Ecclesiastes and, and everything, there is a season. And we're not always in revival. There are winters, there are springs. There are seasons of death and decay. There's, but even in winters, there are seeds going into the ground. Mm. Um, in death, there's eventually going to be resurrection. But, but God looks at things very differently than we do. So a church that's always in summer and spring and explosive growth uh, is clearly violating something. Mm. Because so, so rich for yourself, you can be sure that you are going to be going through some winters. No. And you're going to be going through some deaths and difficult times. Because it happens, every leader must. You'll be betrayed. You will experience dark night. You will say, where is God? How, what? I mean, it, there, I've never met a leader who's been able to avoid it. Now, you can shut it down and not let God do the deep work in your heart. Uh, and you will then hit that wall again and again and again. But you can be assured that you will move through seasons. New life right now is in a great season. We are in spring summer. But we will have a winter and it will come and uh and we just need to understand that's how, and but god will be doing a deeper work in us and a new thing in us and he'll be he'll be a good a good what do you call it, a good um vine dresser yeah, cuts back prunes he, he cuts back i mean without winter there is no spring mm. and and so we, we we don't just look at numbers and our we're not just measuring numbers and budgets and buildings mm. Uh, we're measuring, you know, deeper things than that. Yeah. And then fourth, and finally, you say, <laughs> false peace is okay as long as we keep growing. False peace is okay as long as we keep growing. What do you mean by that? Well, you can attest to this too. 
and just having leaders, other leaders and staff. You know, in some ways, we, we, we prefer, false, false pieces, everything's going along, but we know there's kind of tension underneath or there's probably some problems, but we'd rather not find out. <laughs> and so it's a false piece, but the thing, the ship is moving. And I've been there so many times, and then I found, it, you, again, it always comes out. Mm. It, it always cracks. And so it's a commandment that it's, it's just the way we live because we want to avoid pain at all costs. But uh, Jesus clearly teaches us that true peacemakers disrupt the false peace. And we can't pretend that everything is fine when it's not. And, and the kingdom of God can never come with pretense. Mm. So, whether, so we don't want to be appeasers. Um, we we want to be people that actually live in truth. And so in a gentle way, we actually go after it and we ask questions. We, we find out what's going on and, oh, oh, you're not spending time with God and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're leading great worship and you're anointed and gifted and musician and all that, but you're not, you don't even, you're not even spending time with mm. God. And I'm amazed at how many people who are in leadership are not spending time with God. I mean, not really nurturing their own relationship with Jesus. They're not abiding in the vine. They're not communing, for mm. example. Mm. But they're gifted and they're actually, they're keeping the numbers up and they're, the budget up and the machine moving and yet their own inner walk perhaps or mm. their own marriage or their own singleness uh, or their own life may be in the interior very much out of order. But we say, well, do I really want to go into that because then I may lose them as a staff person yeah, or lose them as a key volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is some outline. I can't <laughs> wait for um, the book to come out. When is the book slated to come out? August 2015. Uh, August 2015. And uh, up till then, to that point, we'll hear some bits and pieces in different podcasts about yep. that. But um, I'm telling you, a ticking time bomb, everybody. So for more information on um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, the forthcoming book, uh, conferences, courses, uh, trainings that we have here, you can go to emotionallyhealthy.org for more information. See you next time.